there, film fans. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we challenge each other. Jeez, I've done it again. I've done what it again. What did you do? <laughs> I've forgotten what the fuck I'm supposed Wait, to say. Wait, that was pretty good, though. I thought you were doing really great. We challenge, <laughs> we was, challenge one another. We challenge, we challenge one another, and then, then that was it. It just went. It just, it's it's went. out of your brain. To discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. See, that was all I had That's to say. That's it. See, so that was all I had to say. Let me just go ahead and break this down for our listeners. We are a positive <laughs> criticism podcast, or at least we try really hard to be, and that is the challenge. We challenge each other to keep it positive when talking about movies, new or old. In this case, new. Right? So anytime mm-hmm. we say anything negative, you're going to hear this sound. Mm. That means John is getting kicked in the shin by god for not being <laughs> yeah, john here is, today john is not with us john is not with us apparently apparently things like you know going to weddings and homework and life are more important yeah what an asshole that, that's what it, yeah jeez oh, happy wedding kelly yeah. and kale yeah <laughs> this is the pod. all right so have a beer sit back relax and let's have some fun please don't drink while driving otherwise you're good to drink along with us every time yeah you if you're on the subway just brown bag it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they have other things to think about on the subway. Okay, people, we're talking <laughs> about Eternals today. If you're new to the sh- if you're new to the show, we try to keep it spoiler free for about ten minutes. So if you haven't seen this film yet, um, and you're thinking about maybe should you see it, we're gonna try to just give you a little ten minutes or so. We'll also give you a little shop about you know the first weekend after it's closed, um, so you can get some context and whether or not you want to see the film. Uh, but first of all, we got to shout out our sponsors. Carlos Barozzo mm. is our beer sponsor. You can check the episode notes here to find his Instagram account, Carlos Barozzo. All right, and then our SoundCloud, our SoundCloud. Well, our music. We're going. It's going fuck well. John, it's going. We've, what an do, we've done a hundred episodes. That's right. This is hundred and one <laughs> now. This is hundred and one. This is like the team when they clinch the playoffs in baseball and they just they just get drunk and fuck up the, the next ultimate game. choke. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, uh, the artist known as Dasein, D A S E I N. You can find all of our music that you hear on this show. For free on soundcloud.com slash dasign dash artist. All right. And yeah, some I should point out, we've never really pointed out some of these tracks run for like an hour. Yeah. They're like the ultimate chill out. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If your film is not planning on making any money and you want to consider using it, reach out. I bet you they'd be honored. The artist known good, as Dasign. Good. All right, let's get into this, Dave. You ready to talk about Eternals? I'm ready to talk about Eternals. I've been waiting a while for this. All right. Can I talk? Can I set this up a little bit though? Because we, yeah, we've had do it, we've do had it. a couple move, not the not the MCU ness of this yet, but we've had a couple movies come out recently, and this is one of them where critics tried to set the narratives before it happens, as if this is the fucking Super Bowl, right? It's just a movie. Uh, mm. So before this movie came out, like well before this movie came out, you had mentioned last time that IMDb had to shut it down because people who clearly hadn't seen the movie were rating it really poorly, and it was probably because yes. of a a half a second gay kiss that's in the background of a scene yeah no oh it's right in the foreground but uh no it's like but still like really yeah so like that you got nothing better to do with your time than try to ruin like try to cancel some people you did nothing so you had really you had that and then you had the it's the lowest ever rotten tomato score among an mcu film um so isn't that just from that from critics though and that's from critics because the audience score is a lot higher around 86 yes that's where it is right here 86 so asshole critics of course and a lot of them again like first viewing you know a lot of the reviews are just you can almost tell that they phoned it in like it just doesn't seem nice dave you want to set up your thing that we're going to do oh we're going to do a little something special uh we got an extra uh extra segment we're going to start doing called uh review the reviewer yes we're going to review the reviewer sometime sometime later in the week you're going to get a special short episode where we're going to talk (laughs) about the review that this was given in particular in this case by the New York post. (laughs) And uh, we're going to review his review. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fucking New York. First of all, fuck the New York post, but okay, let's get into this. (laughs) I'm not buzzing that. Oh, no, I buzz myself. I buzz myself. Okay. I know a lot of you want us to get into the discussion of this film, but I do think it's important to mention that this lowest, this low tomatoes um, score of 48%, the lowest ever it's getting a lot of shit. And I, I watched a variety video with variety writers, right? It's supposed to be a really big publication where they immediately went like, is it sexism? 
is it um, that they had just higher hopes for her because Chloe Zhao, the director of this film, just won a bunch of Oscars and they think she's selling out. And they started drawing in all of these storylines like crazy. They got so specific. Variety, I'm calling you out. They got so specific that they said if this made less than $70 million, that it was a travesty. Because the lowest ever, the lowest ever opening weekend gross was Ant Man, which was I think fifty six million in their opening weekend, mm-hmm. which would be the lowest MCU. So the, I think they were predicting this to be the second lowest yeah. opening. First of all, it's still post COVID, but like they were they were literally saying if it's under seventy, but if it's over seventy, it's fine. These douchebags. And instead, it made seventy one million dollars and is the fourth highest opening of the entire year. Marvel Marvel pretty much has all four now. Uh, it's Venom. Um, Venom, uh, Black, Black, Widow. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi and then yeah. might be the other way around. I think Black Widow might be under Shang-Chi. Yeah, you're probably right. What's because the Asian the Asian Americans represented when they that fucking came out. came out exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. And so that's <laughs> that's so that's the other element of this too is that these characters not a lot of us know yet, which is why we're going to get into the discussion. We'll try to set this also up. really diverse cast incredibly diverse cast that's the thing too they're sitting there like they're Mm. gonna be really hard on this movie because of blah 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 i was like i'm so surprised that they're not in support of this because rather than it just be like the white savior syndrome which is a lot of what the marvel characters you know are at their core this is something completely different and so i thought it would be refreshing and these critics fucking came out swinging so Hmm. i thought i was going to talk more about this but instead i just wanted to vent against critics dave (laughs) yeah yeah, we'll we'll save that for the special episode that's coming sometime soon okay so 171 million dollars worldwide so far fuck the critic scores it's doing pretty well and i think this this uh mythology is going to be here to stay for a little bit. yeah i this is going to have some lasting repercussions in this phase i can tell you um but also despite reviewers savaging it i just want to say it still took me three days to find a decent seat in an imac theater yeah my like I went on Holy Thursday. Crap. They, yeah, I went on Thursday I was, night, and I'll admit I, I had to sit in the handicap seats in the back, which I I was allowed to do because um, they bought it last minute, and they said we'll just kick you out if there's somebody because that's how packed my theater was. Wow. Yeah. No. I I got like the last center seat in G row at Lincoln Center IMAX. I just want to say Lincoln Center AMC. Yep. Hands down, the best you. IMAX screen in my region. We love you. Like, oh my god, the difference in seeing an IMAX in that in anywhere else is. Mm-hmm ridiculous and they don't even sponsor us yet <laughs> we we mentioned them every single week oh my god all right well let's get into our setup for eternals here we go so very 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 diverse cast a lot of characters coming in many of whom you probably don't know much about so we'll try our best to to ease you in if you are unfamiliar with the territory so <clears throat> so sorry Wow, that was such did a big you, one. Did you Fuck. pre-game? Uh, no, I just had a couple big gulps while I was ranting at these critics. Okay. So let me set up the cast first, because I think that's a really good selling point. So you have A-plus stars, Angelina Jolie as Athena and Salma Hayek as Ajax. And then you have Cusper A-stars, people that are right on that cusp. You have Gemma Chan, who you may know from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Also, uh... Big props to Gemma Chan. Two Marvel characters now. Because oh, she was also Minerva in yes, Captain... Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. She's fucking Minerva, Captain yeah. Marvel. Um, you have Richard Madden, who you may know from Game of Thrones. You have Kit Harrington, who you may know from Game of Thrones. So let me stop there and say, you have Kit Harrington. you have two kings of the north, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a character named Cersei. So any Game yeah, of Thrones whoa. fan, if you haven't seen this, get the fuck, come on. Yeah. Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. Leah McHugh, you may not know yet as Sprite, but you probably will know her soon after this performance. Oh, yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, you may know from Atlanta and a lot of other things. He was Fastos, and he's going to be around for a while. Barry Kewen, which we saw him in The Green Knight, but he's been in a couple of things as well as mm-hmm. Druig. And then Madong Sayuk, you probably recognize him as well. Lauren Ridloff, one of the great, great non-speaking um actors stars who you know primarily communicates with asl in this and sound of metal and other films she's fucking awesome in this and then bill skarsgård decides he never wants to show his face (laughs) so he is in um he is he is costumed and cgi'd as such because he his attractive face never wants to be seen in the light of day unless it's the right project (laughs) so anyway that's the cast chloe Shao, two-time oscar winner both for nomadland in a movie which i don't know if you knew this dave um this has more cgi than her previous three films combined <laughs> and bigger budgets than her you three think? Films combined. <laughs> all right so here we go the saga I, mean, I, of- I watched i watched nomadland top to tell yeah no really the only, <laughs> the only special effects they had was they're controlling the sun like that was it 
right. When you mentioned that, I thought that was super cool that you, you picked up on that. Okay. The setup on IMDb, the short description of what Eternals is about. The plot is the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. That's the kind of accurate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more, but it's kind of accurate. <laughs> a lot more. Well, they, they open with the Star Wars, like, so here's what the story is in the beginning. Yeah, I, I mean, that that is one thing I must say that rubbed me a little wrong the way, like the wrong way about this. Like, I don't, I don't know if text scrolls work now in like the 2020s. I was curious about, I was curious about your take on it because I don't remember them. <clears throat> Jesus yeah. Christ, what's wrong with me today? Uh, I don't remember them in the other films. So I was wondering what you thought about the text scroll. Well, I, I did like the change up of the formula a little bit because you don't get the Marvel logo at the beginning like you normally do. Um, you get like this text scroll explaining the same stuff that they then explain in the film straight after. <laughs> but um, you're right, they explain it. Oh wait, I hit the wrong. But, I hit the wrong button, but you got. Um, oops, sorry. <laughs> there it is. It came in late. That's super easy. Um. Anyway, yeah. The, but uh, yeah, I I I don't think I could, that text scroll could have disappeared for me. And I I mean I know they're spelling it out for people who might not like be as invested and might need some help to get it and I, i'm guessing some executive went you know we really need to explain this a little bit mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that was the original idea to put that there to be honest yeah um but then they go through like the whole opening it's almost like a bond film you go through like an opening in a first fight and then you get the marvel logo that was cool actually i really 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 like yeah i, I dug that i yeah i i was like they're not gonna do it and then they did yeah and it was the brand new one too. Shang Chi's in that logo. Yes, yeah. and actually, I, I love how the logo starts kind of quiet too. Like it doesn't yeah. just. Like, so I, I just, I thought it was really, 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 really cool. Hmm. Um, okay, cool. So I, I actually agree, and I actually think that not having the title scroll is probably, <laughs> probably better than having the title scroll because the title scroll was not only confusing, but it was kind of like, oh fuck, what am I getting myself into? Like, yeah. As soon as they started doing it, like I almost wish like, I just sort of got swept away why, in it, and then why didn't I bring a notepad to this one? <laughs> i mean okay well we don't want to get it yeah exactly ah. <laughs> he's he's ripping on me friends so i'm gonna bless him for that okay cool so the eternals we find out pretty early on are sent by essentially a godlike being um but just sort of looks like a robot in the sky be very <laughs> careful of crossing spoiler territories here <laughs> correct well no 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 for sure yeah. but they say this in the beginning that there hmm. are celestials who are essentially born of planets near the sun so the sun heats up the planet and then celestials are born of the planet and then the celestials now have the ability to bring and make new life i believe so yes. obviously a play on god <laughs> they build it's the planets yes pretty pretty funny that all the christians love this movie they, when they're, they're very clearly like, they're kind of like uh god santa elves <laughs> god santa elves but interesting huge. <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking of kurt russell from guardians 2 but well he's um, one of them yeah i see so it is connected so yes. there is that connection to the mcu yeah ego is a celestial there's like 20 of them and this is why, because this stuff is confusing. When they're spelling this out, it's like, do I not know any of this? Like, am I starting from scratch? Yeah, you, but what I they mean, should say is, remember Kurt Russell? This is sort of like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> remember that? Uh, remember, remember when uh, they got the Phoenix Force and ripped Wolverine a new one? Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah that's another Celestial as well. Uh, exactly. So we've met two of them, technically, although Phoenix Force hasn't featured in MCU <clears throat> itself yet. Yes. So. Yet. Um, to... Uh, why did they make the deviants? What was the point of them? Uh, the deviants were there to wipe out the existing population because sure, uh, prime directive not really a big thing. Uh, yeah, yeah it's like weird. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, let's get rid of the uh, no, it was it was to get rid of the the basically all the other predators that would wipe out the intelligent life, and they wanted to keep the intelligent life and just wipe out the predators that would damage them. Yeah, but then it all went horribly wrong. Yeah, we'll stop there for a second, yeah. but let's just go ahead and say that this is part of the reason that I went and rewatched The Matrix this past week, <laughs> where human beings became batteries for future life to live in this simulation so that they could produce energy for the people that were left on Earth. Essentially, the pu- that what they're suggesting is for the celestials to be born, they need life to create energy on these planets to essentially uh, fuel mm. the existence of the future um, celestials. And then they'll wipe the fucking planet out with all the intelligent life. Okay, cool. So that's the but setup. Yeah. That has nothing to do with this movie until it does. And... Um, <laughs> 
let's just go to initial takeaways. What, what are your initial takeaways? Because well, I don't the confusing element of this, I think, is the reason the reviews are a little iffy and everything. I, Even though it's totally digestible, it's like I wish they I wish it was just Wolverine with some shit coming out of his hand, slash some shit up. I feel like that's what the, the reviewers were saying. So and this, what are your that's the reviews? point I'm about to make, which is I, I think I know why everyone's confused about this because you have a director who loves to tell human stories and have you relate to the characters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go to a Marvel movie for the visual spectacle, the puns and the action sequences. Like they're, they're not looking to get too deep into like, you get a little bit of Captain America's history. You get a little bit of Iron Man's history, but like Iron Man drops a quip and gets in a suit and goes and blows some shit up. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the Marvel formula. This is not the Marvel formula. Right. You sit there for about an hour and a half, maybe an hour, and you get to know these people so that when it all comes to a head, there's real stakes and there's real consequence and you you understand why they're doing what they're doing and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a level of, uh, to be honest, if you aren't that into Marvel films, this might be a great entry one for you. Yeah. Uh, if you could walk away going, oh, these Marvel films don't really do anything for me because it's just a lot of explosions and noise, this is the one to see. I think so too. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I'll take it from there. My initial reaction was there were some parts where I was like, what is going on? I am a little confused by this, but it is an introduction of sorts to this. And bef- I'm not going to get into spoilers, but what I will say is I think the the overall point of this story would do really well in a single one-off isolated film. And I think that making everything connected to the not not necessarily just the mcu but having a future for this mythology i think if they went all in on this one film and did a rogue one not that everybody dies at the end necessarily Mm. but just that it's very clearly this is the story and at the end of this film that's the story i think that it could have been better we'll get into that when we get to the spoiler territory it's funny that you brought up rogue one because i would equate this to ryan johnson's star wars film you would equate to Ryan Johnson's Star yeah, Wars film. because he broke the mold and he did stuff that the fans weren't expecting and the fans walked away going, no, that's that's not what I normally get. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just can't handle that. Interesting. I, 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 I'm going to see you. I, I like this point because I mentioned Rogue One in the sense that I wish it was, I wish it was a one-off because there's very clearly global mm. warming implications to this. Let's bit, say, yeah. I know we're not really in spoiler territory yet, but I think, I think that's just, if you've listened to our setup with the celestials and the heating, the planet and stuff, you, there's, there's global warming implications. And I sort of wish they went all in on this and then moved on or whatever, but because the characters became so rooted to earth and everything and the, the MCU connections, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. They, they weren't able to have that climactic conclusion to the story, which is fine. I'm not complaining yeah. about it, I but, mean, this, but this to what your point is, I was entertained, though. but I was entertained. Yeah. I was 100% entertained. And not only was I entertained, I was really rooting for these characters. I was really invested in their stories, their relationships, their personal so, uh, isms. So and that's I, a great, I really did like that's that a great film, but not necessarily a great Marvel film. <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's, that's the conversation to have though, yeah. right? That's, that's the one it's, to have. It's like, do you not like it because it was bad or do you not like it because it didn't give you what you were expecting? Yeah. And again, yeah. I liked it. I just, and I'm not going to say it could have been better, but I know one thing that would have made me leave the theater with like that, you know, that feeling that you, that I got after Rogue One is like, even though everybody died in Rogue One and obviously that wasn't going to happen <laughs> yeah. here. Um, okay, cool. So I think both of us are giving this the thumbs up. Yeah. I, I would, I would definitely say, especially if you aren't into Marvel films. Yeah. I think so too. And you're right. How grounded these stories are actually it had some Star Trek elements too, with that cold open. Where you know the, you have these etern- these hmm. immortal beings I mean, that are saving people that are, are simple from shit that is way beyond their capacity. They I, were I that was they really were set up to go galactic, um, pretty much from Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, once we got Spider Man Far From Home, like the after credit scene there, literally shows the introduction of like the spacecraft that Shield gets. <laughs> so like we're set to go galactic. There's there's going to be galactic antics all through this phase. The one thing that this doesn't do, though, is it doesn't seemingly set up multiverse, which seems to be where Marvel is headed. It this doesn't. is more guardi- This is more Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like it could be space adventure, it could be, but but everybody has their own planet mm. and their own home that they're rooted to, which in this case for a lot of them is Earth. 
but it doesn't it doesn't indicate that they exist in a multiverse which of it course doesn't. they still could um but again the multiverse has literally just been yeah like set yeah but they knew it was happening like, when they were making this movie they though. did they did but again it's an origin story for some prominent characters who are going who are going to feature prominently in this in this phase not necessarily in the multiverse element but it's certainly in the galactic element cuz like we we're, we're not just talking just multiverse like you can't just do multiverse everyone's going to get tired of that real fast so i feel like they've set up two streams and which characters bounce into which streams is going to be very interesting because you're going to get strange going full multiverse spider-man's going full multiverse uh but then that world yeah and then you've got like all the rest of the characters like the leftover avengers the new avengers um scarlet witch is kind of touching on multiverse a little bit she's going to do that as well but we like for instance where's white vision right now Mm -hmm. like what's he doing and And like there's a whole slew of other characters that they're training up hawkeye's coming out around christmas that's and that's not very a... much rooted to this planet yes. so you know yeah i love that okay cool well before i send everybody off you want to shout out an actor or performance really quick before our friends and we come i mean back we get I, I love Gemma chan and anything like i watched all of she was fucking awesome um, in this uh, was it humans the series she was in the humans yes. yeah i've never seen that series yeah but i watched I it top to tail she was great the whole way through it um I want to say, I mean, everyone in it was really, really good. I feel like Kumail could have played it a little more serious, but when he went serious, he did. But mm-hmm. I did like him. I'm going to give you a mini buzz. I'm going to give you a mini buzz. No, it's just like a, it was like a little half buzz because I agree. Well, but I, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buzz myself because like, to be we'll honest. Come, we'll come back to the negative stuff. Let's keep it no, positive to be, before we To be honest, like. I, I've just thought about it, and I've, I, it's like, well, when he gets serious, you know the shit's really hit the fan. He's good at that, man. So, he really is good at that. And I, I feel like I didn't realize that till just now, till I said it out loud. Right. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's also great. I, I wanted, yeah. I think I got I'm, I'm shouting, what, I, what I wanted from everyone there. Let's chat all these people, because I think they all did an amazing job. Yeah. I want to shout out uh, Lauren Ridloff, who's Makari. She's the one who's signed yes. in for the majority of this film. Um, and she's... We're going to see uh, more of her. She's super speed, right? So she's kind of like the Flash and Nightcrawler combined. Um, but she she really, like, was just this... Uh, she's this emotional power. In Sound of Metal, she has, like, a 30-second scene. But it's like, you can tell that this person knows what they're... They, they really know... They know how to communicate really fucking well like it's really brilliant and then sprite who's leah McHugh, who we we have never really seen before she's awesome um and out of the megastars if you want like a, a name of the megastars angelina jolie was really playing with some complex shit that was really yeah intro- it was like introspective in a way that a megastar they usually have these big powerful robust roles and i haven't seen her in anything in a while and i thought she really handled the 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 texture of that i thought really she was well. great and Gemma Chan, just really quick and crazy rich asian she's the the wife of the other wealthy like cousin that is in the unhappy marriage, if you remember. She's not the main the main girl who's um, Constance it. Wu. That's okay. I've seen it twice. It's good. <laughs> um, and and but she has this emotional depth that I think is really necessary because it's fun and wealth and all this stuff. And she shows the unhappiness that comes with having too much. You know what I mean? And she really mm. carries that burden kind of by herself. And I thought she's fucking awesome in it. So Gemma Chan, come on, A list star, let's go. Let's get into the spoiler section. You ready to rock, Dave? Yeah, let's bring it on. It's spoiler time. So okay. if you have not seen this and you don't want stuff spoiled and there is some stuff to spoil um, yeah. because we have by no means discussed everything that goes on in this film at this point, uh, yeah. turn off now, go see it, come back to us afterwards. I don't want to ruin right. this for you. This is like, it's too good to ruin what happens. So, Dad, Dad, turn the lawnmower off and push Get off the treadmill, pause. go over and stop this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get you don't want to get grounded again, do you? The treadmill, good memory, Dave. You're right. He was a, he was on the tread last time. I okay. remember everything you say. I have it all recorded. <laughs> Fuck, it's weird. Okay, here we go. Um, you, you do have catalogs of all of our songs. Episode 101, people. Okay, here we go. There's a lot of different places that we could go here. Do mm. you have a direction that you would like to pick? Um, couple of things that came out today, apparently in uh, the uh, overseas releases, some of the foreign re- country releases, they're cutting out the sex scene. Because there is a sex scene for the first time ever in a Marvel movie. 
And I'm why I'm, are they fucking doing it? The whole point of this no, is that it's different. We, no, and it's not even you know sex. What? You don't see it. You know what? <sighs> Great. I'm all for it. I she could have that whole scene could have been left out and like the wedding that happened straight after it was all you need to do. I don't know why that was in there. It had no no basis at all in the story. And a, a, actually one of the one of my friends who does listen to this podcast occasionally uh took his young nephew to see it. And cuz it's PG and he's sitting there in the theater with his nephew and all of a sudden they're on a rock going for it and he's like, "Okay, put my hand over your eyes." <laughs> and they're sitting there okay. and apparently this kid this kid yells out in the middle of the theater, "Are they finished yet?" And everybody lost their what? mind. <laughs> What? Oh my god! I would have lost. My I wanted mind. to be in that theater. I was so bad. I wanted to be in that theater. When you told okay. me that, I'm, yeah, I said I'm stealing that. I'm telling that story tonight. You're you're talking me into it because now that I'm thinking about it, I I actually it was unnecessary. Not, this, is, this is not a slight of the film, but there were there were a couple times where they they wanted the movie to be they wanted the movie to be something, whether it's more more adult, uh, more. Um, like even, even honestly, even even the gay kiss, yes, it's great for Brian Tyree. Henry's I had no character. problem at all with that. And I had no problem with it too. Any kiss, really. It's not. It's not just about yeah. the that. But they clearly were like, we want to put this fucking thing in there. Um, but it didn't come out of like a crazy moment. It just came out of like this kind of departing and the normal things that you would do. But again, it, it's they, they clearly wanted this film to be a little bit more adult, a little more something, and they didn't really know how to navigate that. I think. Mm. Well, I, that, that would I be don't, my. I don't assumption. know. I just it just felt like an. Back to the sex. Yeah, like at the risk of bad terminology, an insert. It was just, it just felt like, <laughs> like it was That's just great terminology. It was just but, um, it <laughs> it's stuck in there. You can't double down on the terminology. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it was. Okay, it was, so it was, it was that that was pointless to me. But in saying that, that was that was that was it. Everything else, nice, absolutely served its purpose. Everything else made me compelled to keep watching these characters. Okay, well, I'm gonna challenge you. Ooh. And I'm saying this positively because truly, I I think the performances did really really well, and I'm one of those I'm I'm one of the the believers that it's almost it's very difficult to have a great acting performance when the substance isn't there either on the page or behind the camera in the terms in forms of the director and the cinematographer. So if the actors were really shining and you really were like I love that character I related to them whatever that's usually that usually means that it was well done, but. Here's something. There are a lot of characters here that we don't know. A lot of characters. Or at least most people don't know. And a lot of them are oddly similar to other characters. A lot of them from X-Men or even from um, DCU or other Marvel characters. So I have a list here. Let's see what you think. I have Icarus is obviously Cyclops, but with Magneto's flying abilities. So that's <laughs> and a little bit characters. extra super state. Okay. <laughs> so Cersei is, Cersei is Dream Gay, Jean Grey. Ajax is Professor X. No, Jean, for the Jean most Grey, part. I mean, she can manipulate matter, but Jean Grey is a whole other thing. You can't really com- compare it to that. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying. Uh, Thena is Wonder Woman. Um, uh, Kingo is Pyro. Sprite, I, Sprite is tricky. I don't have much for Sprite. So Sprite is... Well, I'll give Sprite... Sprite's uh, Loki. A, a, Sprite's Loki. That's fucking good. That's fucking good. <laughs> Wait, now you're on my team here. No, no. Okay. I just wanted Ma- to give you the, the comparison you're missing <laughs> um, in your half ass argument. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just fucking watched. I just finished Loki because I was behind on it too. Uh, Makari is Flash, but with a little Nightcrawler in there as well. Apparently, Druig is like a apparently young a reference in the X. comics somewhere where she accidentally raced Barry Allen. I mean, that makes yeah. sense, and I, I'm not hating on this. Druig is young Professor X because he manipulates everybody. He's like if young Professor X went Magneto's way because mm. he's doing mind control for his own benefit. And then Gilgamesh is Colossus. So you have a lot of characters that seem like other characters, and then they're thrown into this mythology, which goes back to my one-off thing. It's like, do we really need... But anyway, what, what, what's your counter to the fact that this is just like rehash for this particular purpose? Um, I feel like this is a... Like, they're a team, and like this is a major spoiler that I'm about to drop, so if you haven't already yeah. tuned out and you don't want to know... Dad! Really, really <laughs> go now. But, like, they were created for a purpose. So they were each given unique powers to serve that purpose. And they're essentially, like, living robots. And for me, that was enough of a differentiation. The fact that it was exposed that, like, these guys are not only created and built, which is... And I once I realized that, I absolutely loved the way the technology worked with the, like, the gold... That comes out of them and creates what they're what they're doing 
in a very Green Lantern mm-hmm. way, if you want to go there. Um, mm-hmm. But like once I realized what the what they were, and then I then it got revealed that they're actually the fucking bad guys. Cool? And I was like, this no, this is it starts off like on surface, yes. But if you, you like once you if you've seen the whole film, and you're not just picking apart what everyone else has written on the internet instead of writing a review, then uh, no, this is they're absolutely their own independent characters. Like they have right, powers from other things, but I've, I mean, you know, Cyclops is Superman. He has heat vision. Like there's everyone was ripping off everyone else's characters back then. It's like there's gonna be Good. similarities. There's only so many fucking true, powers true, true, you can true. have. And these ones are, are based in a different technology. They're based in like alien tech rather than actually like meta humans or mutants or anything like that. Do you think they're gonna do well now that Earth has been saved from the celestial, which is essentially their their job was to maintain this planet and to fight off the deviants to make sure that the celestials can be born. So what's their purpose now? Well, they're in shit now. Like, <laughs> as as they pointed out, and, yeah. But uh, no, they, I mean, their purpose now is like that was that was the thing. She, like, from the beginning, it was like Gemma Chan's character Cersei was introduced to the humans and immediately fell in love with the humans, and that caused her to override the purpose she was created for and find her own purpose. Nice. Yeah, that's and good. One by one, they all fought their own programming to overcome and become their own, define their own purpose. And now their their purpose is basically to find the other ones who were created for doing this as well and give them the same chance they had. This is great. It is kind of Guardians, right? They're going to go round up the troops and... Uh... It's it's sort of Guardians. It's yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to get very Guardian-ish. You saw that after credit scene. Like, <laughs> I saw both yeah. of them, yeah. <laughs> Please stick around for the after credit scene if you're listening to this, people. They're... I was annoyed that I had to wait 10 minutes because there's so many fucking names in these Marvel movies. Oh my movies. God, the like, VFX, oh, God, the, like the visual effects crew <laughs> went for two fucking IMAX screens. That's amazing. But like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. That's, that's really, really, really great. Uh, okay, cool. Let's get back to the story a little bit here in the, in the film. This is good stuff. Hmm. Um, so it's about global warming, but we, we essentially, what they do really well is, is the timelines. And I think that's like the best compliment in this is that, it's it's set up with a little bit of you have the tight of the scroll at the beginning, but then you also have some voiceover just a little bit, and it's like okay, cool. So we're getting story. There's a lot yeah. of story, and, and they're telling it us starts, this. Is if it this sounds like, like two different versions of Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Um, that's right. Um, but what's really cool is that what they'll do is they'll go back in time, and Loki did this pretty well too, where they go back to events that have happened, and I I almost got worried. This this movie there were there were a lot of times where I was like. I, but then I just relaxed. So maybe the critics just didn't have that button, but like, they're like, Oh, of course we're going to go back to, um, um, Babylon. Like, Oh, we're going to go to Hiroshima. We're just going to like jump in. I must say that's the one scene I thought was badly placed. The Hiroshima one. We should have been reintroduced to him. And then it should have happened afterwards when he was agonizing about whether or not to join them. Brian Tyree Henry's character. Yeah. So you, so you got the, the why, of why he was at it's like i don't know and then cut to that scene um yeah. it was yeah um it, but anyway so so we, we're going back and forth between present and past present and past present and past and i think that that actually worked really well mm. especially when things started getting revealed yes i thought they handled that i thought they handled that really well what about you i thought it was great um like when she drops that he just left like Icarus just left Cersei, and I'm like after and centuries. My, yeah, my, my first reaction, like because <laughs> this is Richard Madden, we, yeah, by the we, way. That yeah, ass. We've, we've, yeah, we've like we've seen the wedding scene and everything, and I'm like, why did he leave? And I wanted yeah. to know, and then I found I, out, and I was fucking horrified, and it was just like, oh my god, but yeah, when you see when he as soon as he says that he has that line, yeah. Um, I'm not who you think I am. It's like, oh, oh no, shit. yeah, <laughs> God yeah. damn it, yeah. you asshole. Yeah, I I thought that was crazy because I thought maybe it was just like and it, I, not boredom like it, necessarily, but it really really does like no, it's it's like they they threw the rug out and the rug threw threads everywhere, and then they just yeah. went around and tied them all back together for the end. And they did it well too yeah. because well, like I I was. 
it was that. like a fucking SVU episode. Like, <laughs> it's just, I have to know. I have to know <laughs> how this ends. You have to know how it ends. Well, and rounding the troops up is not always like the greatest movie when every single time you meet a person, you have to like catch up on where they've been. Mm. But for some reason, they they really they really rode that line. Well, well again, because all of every single one of them had a slightly different motivation for leaving, so you weren't you weren't given the and same story over and over back, again. Yeah. Like, and some of them didn't come back, and some of them like I why did like Kingo disappear for the entire final battle? He just walked the fuck out, like. Oh, yeah, where did he go? He just, he went, uh, I kind of agree with him, but I'm not going to fight with you guys, so I'm extricating myself from the situation and just walked. Wait, was, Kinko's Kumail, yeah. right? He was like, I... But he was still there, though, right? Not at the final battle, no. He he had bowed out by that point, and he left. Holy shit, I, don't, I can't believe I don't even remember that. What the fuck, Kumail? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he was doing. I was expecting some Han Solo fucking swoop in at the last minute with a quip. And, How did and, they miss and that? It didn't happen. And then, yeah, he just went, "No, I'm not doing this," and walked. Um, really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, I, they anyway. For the most part, they pulled it up. There were some moments where it was like, okay, realism is being fucked with a little crazily so for instance one is the de- when the deviant uh becomes bill skarsgård so he talks for the first mm-hmm. time <laughs> um i think whose power did he take uh when he, it was um it was um it was uh, gilgamesh yeah. right he takes the the and for some reason not only does he get the strong arms but he also gets a brain and he talks to well he Nina. was slowly re- he was slowly getting that as he went he's slowly yeah. getting there yeah this is one of the deviants and um and then he goes away, and then so you have Icarus, who first of all we have we d- we didn't know at this point that he was maybe working on the other team, but we have Icarus, um, who's Richard Madden, who is going for Richard after Madden the boss here. <laughs> fuck, yeah, fucking Richard Madden. Now I know I, I guess you could say now he was protecting Cersei, who he still loved, but he was, of course, you know, King of the North loved Cersei, of course. Uh, but anyway, he's going after Bill Skarsgård as the the main deviant now. And they tell him to stop. They go, hey, Chris, no. And he goes, okay. And then they just casually go to sleep. Now, Dave, could you possibly go to sleep in a jungle knowing that there were like four deviants nearby? Could you possibly sleep that night? And they were all like, eh, it's all right. I mean, that would, that would like, depend on how many superpowers and beers I'd had. A beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear any of them go, oh, we're going to have to do rounds tonight they literally like let him go we're gonna be fine it's all good and it's yeah. like so there were a couple of moments like that where i was like okay but on the whole they always got it back because again richard madden really was just defending cersei because he was just putting off what he thought was the inevitable and everything was motivated and i think that's everything was motivated that was and again i i that was i think that's a level of detail that like a lot of marvel fans aren't used to having in their films can we talk about um, Kumail's... Uh, Kumail's character is kind of important because he brings in the only non-eternal into this... Oh my God, that guy was... Cast that, that guy was what you want humanity to be. I thought so yeah. too. And, and I was worried because it opened. So Kumail, after the, the past, they're in Babylon and yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden we're in present time. So in the present time stuff where they're rounding up the troops, it just opens with this music video with Kumail, which I would say probably didn't land as funny as they wanted it to. I, I, nobody laughed in my theater. Oh, no, that when, was, like, that was, a, that was the end of a Bollywood film. The film, yeah. yeah that's, it filmed, that's, that's how Bollywood video, ends, dude. There's always a dance number. No, it, I, get, I got it. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a bunch of them, but like... Um, it, it wasn't. I think. I think they wanted it to be funnier than it probably was. But that's okay. And then Kumail has his friend, who's his producing partner, who who believes in Kumail as the. He knows he's an eternal, and then he comes in to be a documentary filmmaker. Which, first of all, based on the footage he was getting, probably going to be a pretty bad movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be bad. But he brings in the only character that's, that's for criticizing his right? movie. Mm-hmm. That man bought eighty fucking cameras. About eighty cameras. <laughs> I was worried that they were. They were. Even though I trusted the the creative team on this film, not the, the Marvel super film necessarily, but the, the the creative team on this picture, plus cast, director, etc., to handle diverse scenarios well. And so this character was playing in tropes that would seem to be um, Western comedic versions of Indian 
you know, fair. Mm. But I thought I thought this guy was really well grounded. Um, let me find he was, his name. He really was the quick. heart of it, to be honest. Like exactly, was, we always was, had a pulse. Literally, he was set in front of him to go. This is what you're fighting for. This is what you love yeah. about humanity. And that that guy was just he pulled it off beautifully. And, and when he thought it wasn't going to happen and the world was over, and he like expresses some gratitude at them for trying, it was like really yeah. Really I, I mean, I hope we see that guy again. To be honest, in, I hope so too. I would, I would love to see him in future Marvel stuff. And I, the I, actor's name, I really hope he is. Yeah, go ahead. What? Who is he? the actor's name? Is Harish Patel. He was in Run Fat Boy Run, uh, but he is from India, and he was Karun in this film. And he was he was really 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 great yeah. to kind of ground everybody. The Gilgamesh. He was one of my um, favorites, to be honest. Like it was a noticeable performance. Like because at some point you're like. This guy is lovely. He's like, lovely. What about <laughs> Gilgamesh Thena? How'd you feel about that? I was really surprised when Gilgamesh was like, I'll keep an eye on her for hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, Gilgamesh Athena. No, I, I get that. And they'd already been there, what, 6,000 years by that point? So yeah, yeah. He, he had an attachment. He knew what she was. He knew what was, what was possible. And he just took on that mission. Yeah, and that was great too. like um, his, I'm, and for like this was like his possibly his first American film, I think. Well, Run Fat Boy Run is is um, I guess British, right? Because it starts Simon um, Pegg, but but, uh, but not a lot. But yeah, basically, his um, like his reaction when he's told that Summer Hayek's character is dead, and he literally just drops yeah. his pie on the ground, which they were not in Australia. That was not a meat pie. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You're talking about. I, I just got fucking lost. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You're right. Um. Yes. I. That might be his first. That might be Gil. The, the yeah. actor who plays Gilgamesh, yes. uh, whose name I interested in the beginning, which is Ma Dong Seok. He looks familiar. Disney. He must have been in. Mul- um. I, don't, I shouldn't no, say he must have been, been in Mulan. He's been in some but... prominent other films, foreign films. So we have seen him before, but yeah, his his reaction yeah. when he found out that one of them was was dead. I was just like, oh man, like this again. That's another one that has a huge heart. That I felt for a lot of these characters. I felt, I felt for, I felt for every single one of them too. Mm. Uh, now we're just rallying the troops, but yeah. let, let's start, let's start winding this down because I feel like we're praising this movie and it's good. What are, what are some big picture implications or other things that you're like? Oh, leaving God, the big picture implications. I mean, this and Shang Chi set up a lot of forces at play in the next like phase so you got multiverse oh, fuck yeah. celestials magic and that other end credit scene are we allowed to talk about that now um we're really really deep in we're the deep in the spoilers here, so okay so this the second it, end credit scene which I, I think is the one that was leaked online before the movie even came out somehow um involves kit harrington take almost taking up the mantle of black knight um cool, which huh? uh he and also coincidentally he gets his hands on Excalibur at one point and fights with the the other sword and Excalibur, and they they reference Excalibur in this film. Um, but the voice at the end of that is the one that drove the internet nuts uh, because you hear this voice from off screen go, "Are you sure you're ready for that?" Yeah. And the camera doesn't pan; he just looks, and they don't. The bastards don't show you who it is, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And Chloe Zhao like like in an interview confirmed that that was Mahershala Ali's first voice as Blade. Dude, so you've got awesome. Black Knight who has a blood curse, Blade who has a blood curse, Sony's about to release uh, Morbius, the living vampire who has a blood curse. We're going down some dark fucking paths. We're headed. Yeah. We're headed. Like, that's so that's a awesome. third tier, like a third branch of where the, the MCU can go from where this is so that why not i mean that's the thing there's something for everyone there you like you like your scary movies there you go there you got that you like your sci-fi there you go you like your oh my god what the fuck did i just watch like multiverse stuff then yes you've got that as well so they've kind of gone phase four three tier and it's a little bit exciting i think it's awesome um I just I don't have much else to say other than is it a good thing or a bad thing that they spoiled that Harry Styles is in the movie in the IMDb like he's already listed as in oh, the that movie. wasn't I don't think that was there till the movie came out 
Yeah, but I mean, how many people actually saw? Because I saw it on Thursday, and then I looked it up afterwards, and he was already in there by Friday. Yeah, so. I still had to look up who the fuck Harry Styles was. So you know, maybe maybe they're curious to get people but in the again, theater. Maybe they're the at fact that, point. that that character turned up as well, and is possibly Era, Eras, is yeah. possibly in an Eternal. Like that's a big that's a little bit of a change of the mythology because yeah. like, he does touch on them, but like that's Thanos's brother. So. As they say in the series, yes. Thanos' brother Eros. Who yes, because not, uh, not, Pat, Pat not all of the Titans are purple, I should point out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. I just want to say one more thing. I'm not Aegis, and this certainly has nothing to do with, with um, anything else. Oh, my else, finger's but, hovering on the button. Uh, so Lauren Ridloff, who, no, Aegis in like, uh, I'm going to say something good. Okay. So Lauren Ridloff, who plays the character Makari, mm-hmm as we had mentioned. So she's speaking in ASL. She's in Sound of Metal. She's also in The Walking Dead. She's 43 in real life. Did you see her running and doing, like, she, she looks like she's 24. And she is, she's like fucking Tom Brady of, the, yeah. of these, of these yeah, films. The, I saw that. I was like, she's going to be around for, for fucking yeah. ever. Because, you know, like Chris Evans and a lot of the other, they're like, I'm, I got to grow old at some point. Like, let me grow up. Like, yeah, I'm that's tired not of, happening to I'm her. tired of the fitness. She's, I'm tired of the fitness regimen. She's going to be doing Marvel movies for 50 more years. It's, it's fine. <laughs> she's going to be running circles around the MCU for sure, for sure, for sure. So shout out. Um, that's all that I had. Any, any, any final thoughts? Chloe Zhao, you're doing great. Yeah, she's this, got a couple things I mean, added up. This is great. The last two films I've seen that she made were fantastic. And this was one of them. I I was not go. disappointed at all. I mean, is it the best Marvel movie ever made? No. Thor Ragnarok is. <laughs> I love Ragnarok. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Wait, is that really your favorite? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. You you saw the thing about the um the that's my friend from work yes. line. Did you ever no. see that? Yeah, what? Uh, well, I've seen the movie, but a, yeah. They had a there's a kid on set who was doing a make a wish foundation. Oh, yes. And I did see and, it. And, yeah. And um, I guess Chris Hemsworth, like he's been doing these movies for so long. Like he just goes and talks to people on set. He knows that he's the lead and everybody, you know, kind of he's kind of in charge. So he like he's just not the kind of guy to be stuffy about it. So he talks to everybody. So he's like giving this kid a whole bunch of time to the point where the kid starts getting comfortable. And he says, the Hulk's in this movie. And he's like, yeah, but you can't tell anybody. I, I'm, I hope I'm telling this right, because I. Anyway, the kid says, you should say that. It's your friend from work. (laughs) And Chris Hemsworth goes, that's fucking awesome. And asks Taika, who's the director. And they said, yeah, "Yeah, let's do it. So the whole line, like anything like, (laughs) yeah, the whole, that whole, that line where where he sees the Hulk and he starts laughing and he goes like, buddy. And he goes, that's my friend from work. That line was actually spoon fed to him by a make a wish. um, Good uh, on that kid person yeah. yeah a kid who's in that was there for make a wish how fucking awesome, awesome is that so anyway thor Rag- i love thor ragnarok yeah. i really i think it's fun okay cool so people go see eternals it'll be on disney plus soon but go see it in the theaters as always we recommend I, that I, dude i will tell experience. you like the the scene um the two scenes where they show aramish in imax holy fuck like it's yeah, huge and like Gemma chan is like this tiny little pixel in the middle of the screen. <laughs> and then the, the end scene where it turns up at like, it, it basically like they fucked with it and thwarted its plan. And it turns up and like, you can, it's a shot from earth to the sky and you can see it in space. And I mean, that, yeah, it's like, IMAX, the, it's like if the in, iron yeah, giant in, was an iceberg yeah, in, in, in IMAX, that is fucking terrifying. Cause God knows that's one of my fears. Like some Wait, fucking what, celestial what being is, is going to turn up, you can see from space and just hit the uh, planet, and you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's coming at you. Like, yeah. Ever yeah. since, ever since I saw Independence Day, my fear has been a celestial being coming <laughs> out of the fucking sky. Um. Also, shout out to Barry Cowgan, who is one of the leads in Dunkirk and Killing of a Sacred Deer, who is in this film. Anyway, um. Also, last thing, big win for Transcendental Meditation, which is probably why you got your Last Jedi thing. What is with Cersei that she's like, oh, I'm trying to reach out to what the fuck's that guy's name? Aramis. Um, I wanted to say I wanted to say Arrakis. It's not Arrakis. That was Dune. <laughs> oh, but that's like, um, um, what did you say, Aramis? I don't know. I saw this movie like four the judge. years ago and I drank the judge. Um, so they're like, 
don't try to talk to him. Just listen. And so she goes and meditates. And now all of a sudden she's like doing interplanetary. Like it's like right out of the last Jedi. So transcendental meditation, people. It's the answer to yeah. all of your film scripts. Just, if you can't make your film script work out, just have your character Just meditate. don't do it too don't much or you fade out of existence. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Until all of a sudden you're dead and nobody wow. really knows how you died. Um, okay, people, let's move on into our next segment. Thank you, Dave. Wonderful conversation. Our Marvel expert, as always. Let's head into what you've been watching. Oh, God, Dave. I've got a list. You have yeah. a list? I've I, I been watching the, the new, well, the most recent season of Lost in Space because the new one drops any day yeah, now. you mentioned that. Um, you mentioned really that. enjoying that. I finally uh, have got to the second to last episode of Haunting of Hill House. Because I keep having to stop it and wait for fucking daylight. It's terrifying. <laughs> what the fuck? So like, I wanted to watch it on Halloween I so did. bad, but my yep. significant other didn't. Yeah, happen. fair enough. I, I'm on Chloe's side right now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I uh, got sick of waiting for it to come out on streaming, so I bought Free Guy. And finally, finally, <laughs> you saw finally, that movie. You went on two podcasts yeah, about it. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. So I, I bought it and I showed my wife and she was interested for about the first hour and a half. And so I, I proved my point. For two yes. <laughs> And I, I started watching buzz, but... Nosferatu on Shudder, the Joe Hill series. And I so far I haven't been able to make it through the first episode. Um, this okay, that's not yeah. problem. Damn it, I keep buzzing myself. Absolutely fucking woeful. Yep, that's on yeah. you for sure. I, I hope it gets better. I'm going to keep going with it to give it a chance because I'm not going to write it off on a on a, a pilot episode. Yeah, Joe Hill though doing a series that's interesting. He does a lot um, of like. Okay. Well, it's based on his graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Because as you were talking about, mm. we talked about that last week. Okay, cool. Um, so. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned cinematography because last week I talked about seeing Captain Fantastic, which opened with a shot at the trees from the ground at a, at us at the sun with a lens flare. And I've seen all the memes <laughs> about like, how do I open my independent film? And it's like, shoot at the sky and get the trees yes. in there and have a lens flare. And it's like every it's, independent it's, or student it's, it's film has that a lens or flare. Or the freeze. And you're probably wondering how I got here. That's another me. Yeah, exactly. So I thought about that. This, this was one of the only times recently that I've been like, oh, cinematography, interesting choice. Um, I watched The Matrix this week. That's that's the big one for me. And I, I don't know why well, I do now because I teased it, but I was like, why am I drawn to this fucking movie right now? And it was like, I kind of forgot about the battery well, point. Well, spoiler alert, we might be talking about that soon. So, yeah. we sh- I mean, we yeah. should. It's on HBO Max. We just got to get John to sack up and watch mm-hmm. it. And so we'll, we'll come back to it because I do actually think there is some funny stuff to mine about this film now. It's brilliant. Of course, it's a 10 out of 10 movie, but there is some stuff that's really fucking funny. Um, so I'll save it for when mm-hmm. we do our Marvel episode. Our, our Marvel yeah, episode. We just Jesus did that. Christ. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, yeah. buzz me. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for a good conversation. Thank you everybody for listening, and I hope to jo- I hope to to talk to you soon. Excellent sign off. What man. kind of beers am Dude. I drinking? What the fuck? <laughs>